Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Trevor Crump, who is partner at three direct customer brands, owner of an e-commerce digital marketing agency, not to mention all of these are side gigs to his CMO role for Fawn Design. Now today, we're discussing how to build a profitable side gig to help recession-proof our lives. Life is too short. Try to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Now we're going to talk about getting an e-commerce shop set up, building an email list fast, and how to stay on track so everything gets done and we still have time to do the things we enjoy. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super happy to be here. Good. I'm glad to have you here. Now, let me tell you, guys, get your pen and paper out because we are going to go all in with Trevor and it's going to be filled with tons of power-packed information and action steps to help recession-proof your life. So, Trevor, let's get into it. Let's do it. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. All right. So first, this actually comes from a listener. Her name is Amanda. Now, Amanda says, I'm in love with your mindset hacks and positivity. I really need your help. I have 10 years of experience as a project manager. My company has had four layoffs since April, and I'm a single mother, and I really need to find an e-commerce side gig that may one day become my main gig, desperately seeking Amanda. Now, thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for listening and thank you so much for supporting the show. Now, Trevor, I love it when our audience tells us what they want. So I'm going to ask you to help Amanda out. So if you can give Amanda some advice. So what would be your advice to Amanda or anyone with the same concerns? Yeah. uh, First, let me say to Amanda, if she is listening, that is so cool that you are a single mom and you're so focused and trying to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and your family. And I sympathize and I have empathy for you when it comes to what's happening with a lot of businesses, especially lately with COVID as many businesses are laying a lot of people off. I have been actually, I I never, as I started in my career, I never really saw myself as an entrepreneur, not necessarily that I didn't want to, but it was more that I just wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I've always known I wanted to be in marketing, but actually about six years ago, or sorry, a little bit sooner than that, as I was starting to decide on what I wanted to do from an entrepreneurial mindset, I started working for a company that, you know, about a year or so into my job there, they had, without going super, super deep into it, they had an FBI raid that ended up putting our company into chapter 11 bankruptcy. And they laid off We had a thousand people at the company. They laid off over 300 people overnight, just like that. And I luckily wasn't one of the people who were laid off at the time, but I had to lay off several people on my team. And progressively, as time went on through the next 12 months, as, as they went through that, we were laying people off like crazy. And it changed my mindset 
to say, you know what, at the end of the day, I have to be careful with how I say this. Companies at the end of the day don't necessarily care about their employees. They do yeah, only when it's most convenient. Yeah. When you're in trouble, <clears throat> when the company's in trouble, then they have to do what's right for the business. And that's totally fine. That's, right. That is how a business should operate. But I, I had this, I had two kids at the time and I had told myself, I am not going to ever let a company dictate what mm. happens to my life again. I wanted to start with saying, I very much have empathy for you. So let's jump a little bit more into the question rather than me just to you. No, I'm so, so glad you shared that um, because it is true. It's so true. It, it, it's very true. And I at Fond Design, I'm a CMO and I'm a partner that I've actually personally had to lay off a couple of people due to some COVID issues, which is such a bummer. So I've witnessed people get laid off. I've personally had to lay, lay people off and it really sucks. And mm -hmm. so I love this question. I love that, that you're thinking about, okay, hey, you might love your job and everything you've been doing in this project management space, but okay, what, what can I be doing to protect myself? And it's something that all of us should be thinking about is how you can protect yourself. So starting out in the e-commerce space, well, really there's a couple different ways you can do this. One, if you have an idea of what you want to be selling in the direct consumer space and you want to be the creator, you want to be the designer of that, there's a couple different issues that you're going to run into. And both of those issues have to do with capital and how you're going to get that. So the question is, do you want to create a product and manufacture it on your own? And nowadays there are things like the internet has made things so easily accessible for you to be able to go and reach out to manufacturers, whether it be in the United States or in other countries. But a lot of times that requires capital. So whether you have your own money saved up or you have potential investors uh, in line, or if you don't have either of those, you can always go some sort of route like a Kickstarter where you don't necessarily have the money, but you have the concept, you have the idea, and you can run a campaign to get people to pre-purchase and essentially fund your products. So about six years ago when Fawn Design started, that's exactly what the owner at Fawn Design did. She had no college experience, the owner of Fawn Design. She had really no work experience. She was a dental hygienist assistant and had a really good idea, didn't have the capital. And so she and her husband turned to Kickstarter and had a very successful campaign where they were able to fund that product. And now it is a multi-million dollar business six years later. So that's a way that you can go about doing it. Another way you can go about doing it is there are so many businesses that you can go up and buy for not a lot of money that have already set this, a lot of people who are already selling products mm -hmm. through the e-commerce space. So one of those businesses, I'm not sure if anybody here has heard of, it's called Flippa. It's mm -hmm. F-L-I-P-A.com. And what they do is you can go in, I'm actually, I have it actually up on my screen right now. You can go in and browse any kind of business. So you can search e-commerce and you can go up and find businesses right now that are being sold. And, and some of them are extremely inexpensive depending on how much money you have. And they've done a lot of that legwork. And really all you have to do is just, you purchase it and then you get going on trying to revitalize it or grow it or whatever you want to do. So that's your first step. Your first step is what are you wanting to sell? How are you going to get that product? And then how are you going to start to sell it? Gotcha. Does that all make sense? I'm glad that you brought that up. I totally forgot about Flippa. I think that's a brilliant option. Now, guys, yeah. I want to know what you all are thinking. Yeah. So uh, this is an interactive segment. So if you're listening in real time, go to the IG stories at the Total Fit Boss Chick 
and we are going to have this poll question. In these uncertain times, are you creating a side gig? So I'm very interested to know if you're creating a side gig now and what type of side gig that you are doing. And if you aren't listening in real time, no worries. Check out the IG highlights for the responses to the poll questions and you can still weigh in and see the results. Okay, Trevor. So Amanda, another thing is people, in my opinion, I consider an e-commerce shop anything that someone has to add to their cart and make a transaction online. Mm -hmm. So most people often think e-commerce is I'm buying a physical product that I am going to get. I just expand that a little bit. So I'm hearing you and you have 10 years of project management experience, mm -hmm. right? I would consider you an expert in project management. Mm -hmm. People right now are selling expert advice like crazy. That's something that you can do for free and it's only going to take you time. And time is very important, especially as a single mom who's supporting their entire family. Who I don't know how old your kids are, but whether you're getting them to soccer practice or running them around or if they're newborn babies or whatever, like time is of the essence for you. But that is, if you don't have the capital, that's, that's also a really great place to start that you can start selling courses around project management and how to be more effective and how to, there, there are people who you can write eBooks. You can do all sorts of things that you could also sell online as well. Just, I wanted to throw it out there to answer her question. E-commerce to me doesn't actually have to be like, oh, I, I want to make a t-shirt and sell it. You know what? Just going a little deeper into that, Trevor, let's give her a little bit more meat. What type of project management ebook? Because there's tons of project management information. What type of area or what can she go into that it's not so competitive? I actually used to run performance marketing for a project management software company where I'm located. And one of the biggest errors or, or one of the biggest flaws we found with people in the project management space was the things that kept them off task the most and not attentive to their products were meetings, sporadic, we call it ad hoc requests. So somebody comes up to your desk, hey, I need you to take care of this, but it's like, hey, I'm on this timeline and I need to be doing this. I haven't baked that into my project management timelines to help you out with this ad hoc product or project. And then the third thing is the amount of time people spend in emails and monitoring their emails. So with your 10 years of experience, figure out what some of the biggest flaws are that get that people, the biggest hurdles people have in order to accomplish a project. Is that using an agile method where people don't necessarily have to finish one thing before they take the next one? Is it a waterfall method where someone has to finish A before they can get to B and they have to finish B before they get to C? What kind of information have you learned in your last 10 years that you think you could really help people out with. I think you go the direction of younger entrepreneurs, like solopreneurs, the hardest thing for solopreneurs or people who are entrepreneurs that have a very small business is you want to tackle everything at once. And if you don't have good project management skills and you're not willing to invest in learning that you can get into a lot of trouble because at the end of the day, if you're trying to tackle everything, you're just going to do everything a little bit good and incomplete. Whereas implementing project management skills for entrepreneurs can help them focus on the lowest hanging fruit and the right tasks. That's exactly the direction that I think we should be leading Amanda. Now, Amanda, I hope you are listening. I'm not sure where you are, but it sounds like this may be a good approach as far as low cost to entry to get into. And it, leads to your expertise. Now, Trevor, 
let Amanda know. So say she's going down that path. So let's just keep this going. And you mentioned yeah. email. We already know in order to make things happen, you need to get people on your list. If she's trying to do this quickly, she doesn't have time for the organic growth um, that it takes. How can she use ads to leverage and get a jump on things? It's a tough one. To, a lot of people think that you can just go ahead and start running paid ads and, and immediately are going to see results. But what a lot of people, and there's some truth to it, depending on what your offer is and what your product is. If it's so bomb and it's so awesome, obviously you're going to have a lot more success with putting a dollar into it and making a dollar back. But at the same time, ads is an investment. And so if you're a single mom and you have a nine to five job and you're trying to do something like this, I don't know what your, I don't know what your financial situation is. If I'm in your situation, I'm probably not going to necessarily 100% start out in the paid ads realm. What I'm probably going to do is I'm going to probably start building, obviously I'm going to build my offer, I'm going to build my website. And the way I'm going to start trying to collect emails is I'll put some incentives within my website. Hey, get 20% off when this launches or buy one, get one when this launches. All you have to do is just sign up for your email to get those exclusive offers. But that's a really good way to just organically start getting it. But then you have the question of how do I get people now to that page? Right. How do I get people to that web page? A really good way you can do that is start really building your personal brand through social media tools such as like an Instagram and start building your social, building your personal brand and solidifying yourself in your niche in project management. And eventually people will start looking at you as a, a thought leader or an expert in that field. And that can organically and, and from a free perspective, once it's good, once again, it's going to be time, but from a free monetary perspective, it's going to get people driving, coming to your website. I, as soon as I started building that, then I would start messing around a little bit more with paid ads and the paid ads would be without diving super, super deep in a situation like this. It's all about how you build your funnel through paid advertising, which is okay. People don't know who the heck I am or what my service is or why it's even important to them. So I'm going to build a very basic offer, which is, Hey, just sign up for my emails for more information, newsletters, etc. And then from there, as those people start to sign up, you can now one, start retargeting them back down your funnel to purchase your products through Facebook. But now you have their emails that you can start sending them emails down your funnel as well. So you can, now you have two, a two pronged approach here. You've got emails that you're sending to these people. You've got ads that you're pushing their way. And you're also a thought leader on Instagram that people can start looking at you from a content perspective as well. Cause they need to see you that the, the key for you is just how do I get in front of people as much as I can? What's really awesome about LinkedIn is the content people put out on LinkedIn is really crappy. And what I mean by that is it's just saturated. People are reposting articles from HubSpot or these other things. And, and, the internet's so big nowadays that anybody can go find that stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you can start connecting and communicating with people on LinkedIn from a very personal perspective, Hey, I've got 10 years of experience. This is what I've learned as I've worked in this space for 10 years. And as I've saved people this much time and as I, whatever LinkedIn's a great place because it, it seems big and it seems like there's a lot of competition, but I think it's a lot easier to stand out in the competition on a LinkedIn versus an Instagram. Instagram is very saturated. And there is a lot of really good talent out there. There's a lot of good talent on LinkedIn, but there's not a lot of vocal talent in from what I've noticed. Yeah. Now, now I know spying on competitors ads are always a good option or a rule of thumb. Yeah. You've mentioned about spying on ads. Can you like quickly run through that? Yeah, absolutely. Best way for you to go spy on what other people are doing from an ads perspective 
is using just Facebook's free uh, tool. It's called the Facebook ad library. So just go to Google search, type in Facebook ad library and you'll, there'll be a search bar. It's, it's put out by Facebook. It is 100% free. You do not need to add your email. You need nothing. And all you do is just search for your competitor's account and you click on it and it will show you every single active ad that they're running by month. It will show you the copy that they're putting into it. If it's a video, what it looks like, you can literally see anything and everything. So that's one really good way. The other thing that I like to do with my competition is I like to go sign up for everything and anything and everything regarding their products and services. So I go and I subscribe to their email list and I go and I hop on their Facebook and Instagram. I follow them because eventually what's going to start happening is I'm going to now start getting retargeted. So now I can start seeing, okay, what actions am I taking that are getting them to then retarget me to try to come down their funnel and purchase. And you can learn a lot from some of those things that your competition is doing. So reverse engineering what your competition Mm -hmm. is doing to you. Yeah. It's a really good spot to see what kind of content as well. Are these guys using video? Is that because if you find somebody who was very successful and every ad they have is video, I'm going to mess around with imagery or static stuff. I'm going to start just pushing video ads because I'm guessing that they've probably done the testing and analysis because they're bigger than I am. So I'm going to, I'm just going to start doing videos. So you can also skip a lot of steps, which is so important for somebody who's just getting into Facebook ads because you can lose a lot of money. Like you, you lose a lot of money when you test, but you also learn a lot. So how do you like narrow that gap of how much you need to learn by taking from what other people have done successfully? Oh yeah. Oh, you're so right about that. Now, Trevor, you have a full plate. You've got businesses going on. You're married with three kids and you love all things golf. Now, how can somebody mm-hmm. like Amanda stay on task and get things done and still have time to enjoy the rest of her life? This is, in my opinion, this is the most important question you're going to ask me. I, and the reason why I say that is because three years ago, I started a golf business with one of my really good friends and it was a direct to consumer business and we just started it and Mm -hmm. it was a grind. The golf industry is a very personable industry. And so it's not that you can just put up ads and start selling, but you got to work your way in. You got to travel a lot. You got to see people. You got to, and I traveled a lot and I love golf. And so I was so excited about it because I was golfing the funnest golf courses. I was doing really fun things. I was with a really good friend of mine doing it, but I really noticed my marriage and my relationship with my kids deteriorating because of it. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling myself, I'm doing this for them. I'm doing this for them. I'm doing this for them. And I didn't, and I thought that was my pie in the sky way to succeed. And I realized about 18 months or two years into it that things had gotten to a point with my family. I had missed several birthdays for my kids. I'd missed anniversaries. I had wasn't the type of person I wanted to be. And I wasn't prioritizing my family because I had so much on my plate. And it wasn't until I just had a realization that, that I can have both. I just have to prioritize. I actually ended up leaving that business. I'm still a silent partner there and I still work with them every now and then, uh, but I'm not active at all in the day-to-day whatsoever. And it was because I I had to make the right choice that it was my family or was this. And now because I made that choice with my family and how to prioritize them, my life is actually better than what it was when I was running that. Even though I thought I was having so much fun and I was doing exactly what I could have thought I could be doing, I'm not really working as much in the golf space, but I'm having so much more fun and I get to come home and spend time with my family and be there for them and not just spend, not be home, but actually be present with them too. So really what it takes is 
it, it is a fallacy that entrepreneurs have to work from sun up to sundown uh, or have to wake up at 4 a.m. or have to stay stay awake till 3 a.m. That is a fallacy. I think that certain people can do that depending on their circumstances, whether they have families or not. But whether even if you don't have a family, like you have health and that's extremely important to the success, at least the long-term success. You might be able to get a business picked up quicker because you're putting in more hours and don't get me wrong, there's still times where I stay up till 2 a.m. or I wake up at 4 a.m. to get some stuff done, but I don't ever do that at the expense of my family because I've now made a decision that they come first. And I've just found that whatever you want to believe in, whatever higher power or energy you want to believe in, that if you're putting the right things first, it will come back to you. And so that's just for me. I hated who I was at that time, mm -hmm. but I love who I've become since then. And I'm never, ever going to let that happen to me again. And I can always find another job or I can start another business or I can make money in a different way, but I can't ever make up lost time. I can't ever make up things said. Those, kind, those are the right. things that like- You can't replace memories. Matter. No, you can't. And I kick myself. I missed three of my son's birthdays for three years that I did that. And it, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, it's one day, mm -hmm. but I beat myself up about that almost daily. When I think about it, if I think about it, I just think, man, what, what did I need to be gone at right. that time? Could I have done something different? And, and there's always going to be those times and it's going to happen. And I'm not shaming anybody who has to do that because sometimes you just, you have to do it. But I, I, I recognize that I didn't have to do that at that time. Now, Trevor, what routine are you using? So you don't have to do that. What are you doing now? So my routine is I'm a morning person, not necessarily by choice. I've just made myself a morning person because I found that I'm a lot more effective mm -hmm. when I am not working late, but I'd rather go to sleep a little earlier and wake up earlier. So I usually am up at 5 a.m. And so I have a morning routine where I work for the first two hours of the day and it is the most effective time of my entire day yes. because <laughs> my kids don't wake up until seven. My wife is asleep. My businesses aren't awake. So it's just, it's things that I am just doing to catch up. And then my kids get up at seven. I let my wife go work out. I get my kids ready, breakfast, do all that kind of stuff. And then when she's ready and she's worked out, then I go work out and then we take my kids to school and then I just jump in full fledged and I work as, as much as I can. And I work through lunches, but I do that. that's just a, an hour. I've decided that I can, if I do things like that, then I can do things like what we are doing right now, that I can work on my personal brand. I can help other people with things that are most important for me. Cause you know, I really like helping other people without necessarily making money for it. And that's just a decision that I have made. And then as soon as five o'clock rolls around, I have this mentality, kind of my motto in life is one more. And what I mean by one more is it's not the person who stays, it's not the person who stays in the office till seven o'clock every night or till midnight every night, periodically here and there. It's the person who stays around for 10, 15 minutes more every day and just gets one more thing done. You know, that's my mentality is how can I always just, if I want to finish with this email, I'm actually not going to finish with this email. I'm going to do one more. So to me, the person who succeeds is the person who can have the one more mentality rather than the, I have to stay up for all ends of hours periodically. If you can just consistently say, I always do one more, I think you get a lot more done 
And then as soon as I get that last thing done, I'm with my family. And there are times because I am a business owner, I get a phone call, but it's a conversation that I preemptively had with my wife. I never take phone calls during dinner, but if it's after dinner or before dinner, and I know that it's an important phone call, that's just something we've communicated that we understand. And I try, I do try to let the people know in my life, that's not a common and consistent behavior. So when I'm- You set your boundaries. People that- Exactly. Yep. So I set boundaries with clients that, Hey, I'm always available, but I also have a family. And so I don't want you guys calling me after this time. And if it, obviously things are going to happen, but use that wisely. And if I have, it's happened before I fired my highest paying client, I actually fired in June and it was for that reason. They just, they demanded so much at hours that like their schedule just wasn't, it wasn't that they demanded any more than any other client but they didn't have a schedule and they weren't organized. And I'm the only way I can survive is, is if I'm organized with what I have going on and with my family. And so I, I cut those people out of my life, even though I might want that money and I might need that money. I'll go find it somewhere else because okay. I, I don't need that added stress. in my life. Exactly. Oh my goodness. That's some good information now. All right, Amanda and anyone else who is tired of the crazy chaos. That's an excellent tip from Trevor. This is one of my most favorite parts of the show and it's called the mentoring moments. Now, Trevor, I'm going to do this a little bit different because we're still talking to Amanda. So Trevor, please share some of your mentoring moments with us. Share some of you, share some wisdom with us and give Amanda and anyone else who's looking to recession proof their income. Just give us some butt kicking advice. Let's just like end this thing up with bam, what can we give some karate kicks, some jujitsu, whatever we can do. Okay. My biggest advice and anybody who follows me, they probably are so sick of hearing me, but I'm never going to stop with this is you are in charge of yourself. There is, in my opinion, there are no excuses. And I don't mean that in a harsh way, but if I'm a firm believer, I love to have control over my life. I had a really hard time playing team sports growing up because I couldn't control what a lot of my team did. And I know that's not the best teamwork kind of mentality because I do love working in teams, but I love being able to control everything that I do. So I have, I've made it a really big point to, if I know that somebody else messed up and I'm impacted by it before I go blaming and getting bugged by this other individual or this economy or whatever you want to blame things on, I think to myself, what could I have been doing differently? So if I'm getting laid off or people are getting laid off, you know what? I can't control COVID. I can't control the pandemic. I can't control politics. I can't control any of that. But you know what I can do is I can control me starting my own business. I, I should have been thinking about that sooner. So I, I like to try to take away the excuses and, and do extreme ownership. Like own everything that happens. Own that in your relationships. The other thing that I like to, to tell people is learn how to execute. You can excel and grow when you're just executing without any strategy. You cannot excel and grow with strategy alone. If nobody's going to execute on that strategy, you can't do it. So I'm a firm believer in building execution muscle memory. Execute, get started. Amanda, I'm talking to you right now. Don't let this just be a question and you hear this and you just make up an excuse not to start because no matter how busy your life is, you're in control of it. I don't mean that in a harsh way. It's probably coming off harsh, but I can't be harsh because I don't know you. What it is, just own you, get started. Like you're never, ever going to change anything if you don't just get uncomfortable a little bit. Get uncomfortable, put yourself out there. I've been for years wanting to build a personal brand on social media because I think that I have 
I think I have good information to share with people, but for the longest time, I kept thinking, what are my friends going to think if they see me? What are my, what are my employees going to think if they see me doing this thing on the side? And I just thought so much of what everyone else was thinking. And so finally I just said, I'm just going to get started. I've wasted two years thinking about this and strategizing, but because I wasn't executing, I did nothing. So I, I just really tried to build an execution mindset on just, okay, how do I execute? How do I, how do I learn how to execute? And then I'll think about learning how to strategize. So build your execution muscle memory and drop the excuses. If you can do that, you will succeed in everything you do. Not only that, but you'll know exactly why you don't succeed. And then you'll be able to take those failures and turn them into successes. All right. All right. You did it. Yummy. That was some head banging advice for you, Amanda. So hopefully you are ready to get started and, and you have nothing to hold you back. Okay. Now, Trevor, I love that you're a man of action and I want to make sure that everybody knows that every Friday, he and a good friend, Lucas O'Keefe, are on Instagram yep. for 15 minutes and they have a marketing session and it's jam-packed with actionable takeaways. So I just wanted to give you that quick little plug, but Trevor, yep. let our audience know where you can be found. Yeah. My biggest platform right now that I'm focusing on for me personally is Instagram. So go follow me at Becoming Digital Trevor. It's just those three words put together. You can also find me just on LinkedIn, Trevor Crump. Those are really my two platforms right now, but I love being on Instagram. That's where you're going to find the 15 minute marketing live. And that's where you're going to find a lot of tips and tricks on anything to do with e-commerce as well as just personal growth. Those are the things that I love talking about. So marketing, e-commerce, personal growth, come find me at Becoming Digital Trevor. Thank you so much, Trevor, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Brendy. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.